Welcome back to the Simplest Complex Podcast. I'm your host, Soren Hummingbird. And today I'm going to be interviewing myself. Now, I am in the kingdom of paradise, so I'm going to ask myself the Trinity questions. Am I free? Yes. Am I open? Yes. Am I ready to talk about us instead of we and I? Yes. So today I'm going to be asking myself what I think love is and what it consists of and ways it manifests in our everyday lives and how we can kind of go throughout our lives, kind of searching for it and being content even if we don't find it. So simple definition for what I think true love is, is an unconditional love that will endure any of life's pains and sufferings. You know, without suffering, how do we have a comparison to what love is? I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, the audience, if you've ever felt those butterflies in your stomach when you're with someone, time seems to move super fast. You lose track of time. You know, it's just, it's just a thing. It's just, everything around you it's just it just manifests itself hmm now let me think about how this manifest manifestation actually manifests in my life because i don't think i'm in love or i don't know i feel like if you think love exists then it has to exist i mean just having that thought means it exists it means that your thought is not original I mean, what do they say? There's no such thing as an original thought. Um, I mean, there's so many different folk tales, fairy tales about what true love is. There's Beauty and the Beast, Prince Charming, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, all this, you know, Disney, foo-foo. Now, I feel like before you can find what your love is, you kind of have to reflect on yourself. This reflection is hard. Are you the, the beast? Are you the beauty? Are you Prince Charming? Are you Cinderella? Are you Sleeping Beauty? Are you the Seven Dwarfs? <laughs> Who knows? But you have to look inside your own soul and see yourself for you before you can go out in this world searching for love. And so to better understand myself, today I'm introducing to you, audience, the hummingbird. Because first, you have to have a starting point. This starting point is whatever you want it to be. You got to choose it, though. You got to choose to be happy. You got to choose to find love. Now, audience, I'm only 23 years old. So I don't know what love is. Now, love, you can find that in family. You can find that in siblings. You can find that even in friends, acquaintances, in your everyday life, in animals, your dogs. You know, who, whatever or whoever loves you unconditionally. Look at that first. That should be your starting point. Is that love? Yes, because who should be the one that loves you unconditionally in the beginning. It's your mom. 
our mothers are the giver of life, the light in our everyday life. You know, they held us, carried us inside their stomachs and their uterus for nine months. Nine months. And that's why we're so loving towards our mothers, or we should be at least. It is love because it's unconditional. So what makes this difference? I don't know. A mother work towards it because they're the first beings that love you unconditionally. I mean, yes, dads love you unconditionally too. You know, but it's different than a mother's love. A father's love is tough. A father's love is supposed to teach you how to deal with suffering. You know, that's tough love. That's what a father should be teaching you. Hence why I'm called Soaring Hummingbird. Now I let the hummingbird hum its song to me at night when I dream. And it shows me these beautiful images of sunflowers, of it just feeding each flower and fertilizing each sunflower. You know, I see love as a paradox and not an oxymoron because there's a fine line between what love and true love is. One that's without judgment. It's a beautiful thing. So, besides the love with your mother and then your family, there's, you know, your sibling love. You know, if you have siblings. Not everyone has siblings. I'm an only child. But with sibling love, from what I've, you know, observed and my friends and their relationships with their siblings, you know, they would do anything. They would protect. You know, they're the, it's the protector. You know, if you're an older sibling, it's your job and your responsibility to, you know, protect the younger siblings, to, you know, lead them in life because there's just so much a father and a mother can do for their child. You know, they... If this is a video game, they're kind of your, your rivals, you know, like if it's Pokemon, you know, you know, it's, it's your rival. That's your sibling. You know, they're the ones that push you to be better. But sometimes sibling love doesn't have to be blood. It could be within friends. It's whoever pushes you to be a better you. That's what a sibling love should be, you know, that rival love. It pushes you to be better. You know, but with that, there's no physical connotation with it you don't want to have physical contact with a sibling i mean if you do that's really really gross um but i'm not one to judge do you uh you heard my opinion i think it's gross but i'm not in your head i don't know what's going on i don't know why you would want to do that but i digress um but it's so what feeds your mind, you know, is what a sibling love should be. You know, intellectually, it feeds you and stimulates you to be better. Now, once you identify, you know, your sibling love, your mom, your father, you know, you want to even look even past that. Look at your grandparents. You know, how do your grandparents love you? You know, they smother you with love and affection you know, you ever had an abuela just overly feed you? All they want to do is feed you. Oh, my God. There's been so many times I've denied, you know, just one more taco. My abuela's like, oh, mijo, like, you, you don't like my cooking? I'm like, grandma, I've eaten, like, 
six plates at this point. Like, are you trying to make me fat? You know, that's smothering love. You know, it's great when it's appropriate and when it's your grandma, but that's not something you want in a partner. You know, you don't want that smothering. It makes you content and makes you something that you're not. You know, but it's still love. You know, it's just misallocated. It's just misplaced. Um, man, I remember when I was little, my grandma, she would, she, she had diabetes. And <laughs> my mom used to get so mad at her because she won would always get me Kit Kats at the grocery store behind my mom's back. But really, I, like, she was doing it for herself. She would probably, she got Kit Kats for herself, you know, but she shared that moment with me of smothering, you know, and I, I miss that. That's love. You know, it's those little things in life. It's those Kit Kat moments in the grocery store with your grandma that you should be looking for. Now, even go even further, you know, your relationship with your aunts and your uncles, it's all your relationships, you know, their own forms of love. There's a reason why you're attracted to certain people and why you give your time and energy to them. You know, but you have to find out why. Why do I spend so much time with these people? What makes it fun? What makes the time go by so fast? The answer is, your rhythms are in sync, you know? I mean, you hear a rhythm from your mom's heartbeat and everything's just kind of builds upon that. That's kind of your baseline. And everything else should be a symphony, you know, just a bunch of random notes and chords coming together to create a beautiful, beautiful symphony of love. But now imagine if you knew what your symphony was and you met another individual who knew what their symphony was. And that's, that's where we start getting to true love. It's once you realize who you are and what you do, you can find and why you do things, then you can find true love. You know, because true love is just a reflection. If I were to meet someone and I raise my right hand, they should raise their left. You know, we still both raised our hands, but we're just a reflection of each other. We're both are in tune with our symphonies. So we are able to see the, the similarities and differences and to create canon. Now, you also have to figure out if you're the beauty or you're the beast, if you're Prince Charming or you're Cinderella and you're Sleeping Beauty or you're Swevin Dwarves, if you want to look at it as a folktale, a fairy tale. But men were not always Prince Charming. You know, men are not always Prince Charming. Sometimes they're the beauty, you know? Sometimes they're more in touch with their feminine side and they have to realize that. You know, and it doesn't mean they're attracted to the opposite sex. No, that's not what it necessarily means, but if it does, then good for you. And who cares? You're in tune with yourself. Love has no, is, it, is in the eye of beholder. It doesn't, has no judgment. Now, why is there no judgment? That's a, that's a different question. That's interesting. You know, because we're always judging. You know, we go through our everyday lives judging others. And, you know, harshly, I think it's because we judge ourselves. 
because we're insecure. You know, we're not in tune if we, we don't realize we're the beauty or the beast. And sometimes we don't realize we're both. You know, could you imagine? I mean, I feel like that's why there's so much confusion in this world because I feel like people are trying to define themselves as just one thing and we're just so many. We're just so many different things. And I think that's why it's so hard to find true love is because it's almost impossible in this day and age and this age of information to, you know, process and filter out all the extra noise that is not us, but is the projections of other people. You know, it's why you want to create a symphony and not just a bunch of random noise. You know, a bunch of random noise. It's not a beautiful thing. It's random. You know, if I went to a piano and I just got both my hands and I just smashed the keys, that's not a song. That's not a canon. That's not a symphony. You know, you need violins. You need saxophones. You need all different kinds of instruments to create a symphony. And within that symphony, there's a bunch of different notes and chords and scales. I'm obsessed with music a little bit. I mean, I took AP music theory back in high school. So I think that's why I find it easier to, you know, make that comparison. But for some, it might be in sports, you know, that you're a team, you know, that, if you look at soccer, you look at rugby, you look at football, every position has its own purpose. And you just have to figure out what your purpose is. I think my purpose is just to talk sometimes and to listen to people and listen to you, audience. Even though you have no way of talking back to me, I listen to you. You know, I listen to your suggestions. I listen to what you hear. And then based off this how you judge me, I'm able to kind of make my own judgment. You know, it's gonna be separate from what you think. And in that separation, I'm able to see the border between my two selves. You know, hence why I call myself Soren Hummingbird, my alter ego. You know, I hear the humming in life. You know, that's why I'm obsessed with music. I just keep hearing this hum. And it's a beautiful hum, too. And I'm just following that noise, you know, my noise. I'm not following other people's noise and what they're saying and what they're doing. I'm not hearing the sirens. I'm hearing the music in life. Because when you hear the sirens, bad things happen. You look, I mean, come on, sirens are not a good thing. I mean, when sirens are going off, it means something bad's happening. Something tragic just happened. And I'm not listening to, to the sirens. I'm listening to my music, my rhythm, my heart, and what my heart tells me what to do. That's what I'm listening. And I think that's what true love is, or at least in the pursuit of what true love is, is listening to your heart and what your heart wants. Not necessarily what it wants, but what it needs, you know? that clutter between mind and heart, you know, it's two different things. But together it creates that symphony. So now let me go into what true love is. It's an unconditional love that is bordered by our differences. That's surrounded by our similarities. 
You know, it's a paradox on an oxymoron. You know, and this is in this paradox. You know, there's a word that separates. It's not big, small. It's, he was as big as a giant, but in a small Napoleon body. That's a paradox. You know, not an oxymoron, which is so simple terms as he was big and small at the same time. It's like, okay, cool. I get it, but there's nothing profound about it. You know, true love is profound. It's, it feeds your mind, your soul, your body. It's, it surrounds you. It's a high that you get to experience every single day. You know, it's enduring. So when life, you know, squeezes its lemons in your eyes and you're blinded, you're still able to see because that your partner is able to grab your hand and lead you in the right direction. That's what true love is. You know, it's like John Adams and Mrs. Adams, you know, both so intellectually smart, you know, that they supported one another and they were both equals. You know, men and women or partners, they have to be equals in their own respect. You know, I mean, it, at least intellectually. I mean, if you're dumb as bricks, I'm not judging. You know, ignorance is bliss. Sometimes I wish I was was really dumb and just live in a cabin in the woods, you know? But if that's the case, then I have to be someone that's on par with me, you know? So we could both enjoy life in the same way, in the same rhythm. You know, if life is like a river, you know, you just kind of go with the current. You know, but sometimes we get stuck on the side the current and life just kind of beats us bloody but your partner has this strength you know it's like you're tubing on the real brand you know you're both holding on this string but you're kind of enjoying the current in your own ways you know but if one gets stuck they just pull that string and bring you back in the current that's what love should be at least what true love and that's what makes it different from familial bondage you know, because it's, it's a bondage with family, with just normal love. You know, it leads you, but it's kind of, it's a little different. You kind of have to go on your own path and do your own thing. It's not a string that's attached. It's kind of just noise telling you what to do. But who knows? I mean, I'm only 23, so I don't know. I might be completely wrong in my analysis of what love is. Because I see love as a fairy tale, you know, something that's a legend that's almost unattainable. But I say almost, because it is. I mean, if you're able to reflect on yourself, then it might, makes it much easier, you know, to find the right person for you, for yourself. But who knows? This world is so confusing that I think it's almost impossible. When we have eight billion people on this earth and you're telling me that true love exists it does and the reason why is it's not one person out there for you no 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 i think there's millions of people out there for you it's just you have to realize your place you have to figure out yourself before you go searching for love you know because what if you know everyone says oh man the one that got away you know 
I mean, yeah, they were A1, not D1, because D1 means that you found yourself before you found them, you know, because then, then they become the one, and then not the one that got away. You know, true love makes everything profound. It makes you greater. But I digress even further. I don't know. I just know love is tricky. Love is confusing. But love is great, man. Once you find it. Once you fight it, find, find it. You have to fight for it. You got to be able to prove yourself to the other individual. You got to prove that you're worthy of their love. You got to prove that, you know, that they're worthy of themselves. Because not everyone finds themselves. Sometimes you need a little push. Sometimes you need a little help. And that's why it's so important that you find someone that's intellectually on par with you. So they're able to understand what's going through your head. So when it's dark and when it's night out, you're able to seek refuge in one another. You're able to be each other's homes no matter where you go. If it's in Kentucky, if it's in Utah, if it's in Colorado, if it's in Texas, if it's in Mexico, if it's in Canada, it should not matter where you are because true love means you always have a home to go home to. And hence why I call myself a hummingbird because I have no home right now. If you ever see a hummingbird, it's just flapping its wings all the time, you know? But it has a nest to go home to. And I think that's what I'm trying to figure out. I think I'm trying to figure out my nest, my home. But I have to understand myself first. Before, I mean, I have to be able to know that I'm at home and that I'm at peace wherever I go. If it is in California, if it's in New Mexico, if it's in DC, if it's in Maryland, if it's in West Virginia, if it's in Europe, if it's in England, it should not matter where I'm at. I should be comfortable and content with who I am. Even if it's in Spain or Ireland or China or Korea, or Japan, if I know I'm at home, I will always know and be able to build a home wherever I'm at. And true love also means you love yourself. You, know, you have to love yourself. You know, if you don't love yourself, how can you expect anyone else to love you? <laughs> you know, it's energy attracts energy. If you're negative, you're gonna attract negative people. If you're positive, you're going to attract really positive people in your life. That's just how it goes. You know, you got to love yourself. And since we're having this conversation, I mean, love exists. It's kind of like, how can you prove your own existence? By just having that thought. I exist, so it must be true. Kind of same idea with love. If you're like, love doesn't exist, then yeah, for your reality, love will never, ever, ever exist because you made it so. Now you got to change your mindset. If you say, love exists, and I don't know what it looks like, but I'm ready 
to go forth in this adventure and this journey, then you will find love eventually. It's going to be tough. It's a long journey. You know, you're going to have to filter out a lot of things. But it makes it worth it at the end. You know, love is a marathon, not a sprint. Love is worth it. Love, no matter what, should be worth it. Now, if your partner wants to practice celibacy, you know, then if it's true love, and if it's true, then that should be easy because you're intellectually inclined to one another. So you're able to make love without being physically intimate. Now, if you're, it's like Prince Charming went to beauty, you know, that wouldn't work. It would just be physical. You know, that's the only time it would be, you know, happy is when you're physically together. Now, if it's beauty and beast, then they fed each other's minds. You know, they, didn't, they could dance to their own rhythms. You know, they're able to dance to their own symphonies. So if it is celibacy for your partner, you know, and they follow in God's path in that way. I mean, if you believe in God, I know that not everyone does, then it should be easy. It should not be a challenge. It should be something that just is. It's just like, cool, I guess I want to be intimate. You know, you have options. And I think that's important to know is that you, will, you always have options. So if that's not your thing, that's not your jam, then there's someone else out there for you. Just like a little snap. You know, you just you change it. And it changes really fast. You know, if you're with Prince Charming, but you're beauty, you know, then snap. Get out of it. You know, find your beast. Find who you're supposed to be. If you're sleeping beauty, find your seven dwarves. Because some women are meant to be with multiple men. You know, that makes them happy. Sometimes some people are not meant to be monogamous and sometimes they're meant to be with multiple people. You know, you look at Mormons, they're happy. You know, you see one dude with, well, like seven wives. That's insane. That's insane. How? How do they do that? Like, first off, like, you know, it's not one big orgy or anything of the sort. Like, I wouldn't, I, I don't know. I actually, I have no freaking clue. That boggles my mind. I'm kind of a monogamous kind of guy, or at least I think I am. You know, at least that's what my mindset is right now. I'm a monogamous man. Um, but to the men and to the women who are able to be in a relationship with more than one partner, good for you, man. And the poor woman, I mean, good for you. You know, you're able to share your love and share yourself with more than just one being. That's kind of cool. If you think about it, it's the opposite of celibacy, but it's still beautiful in its own thing. Because, you know, beauty is an eye of the beholder. But you have to know who the beholder is before you're able to see what beauty is. Because have you ever seen two people together that you're like, how? You know? I've seen supermodels with like really ugly dudes and they're happy. They're like, how? It's like, oh, there's just something about him. And that's what you have to find. You have to find that something. 
as something that's, you know, beautiful because we're all going to turn ugly one day. We're all going to be old and wrinkly and we're all going to die. And personally, I'd rather spend my limited amount of time on this earth with one person that I know I will be happy with and I know will be at my deathbed. That's the who I want to spend my life with. And have you ever seen that those old couples have been together for 70 years? That's what I want. And I want to be an old man with my old woman walking down the street with my cane or like, you know, with my little tennis ball cane. You know what I'm talking about. I don't know what they're really called. Um, the walkers, you know, there you go. The walkers, man, that was dumb. <laughs> and they're they're literally help with walking how did i how did i forget about that uh but i digress um so audience i mean what i ask of you is define what love is for yourself so you can find love you know because love is a reflection of you when you raise your hand do they raise the opposite or do they raise the same I want someone to raise the opposite hand. If I raise my left hand, I want them to raise their right hand. When I raise my right hand, I want them to raise their left hand. But when I raise both hands, and I go closer, I want both hands to be raised at the same time because we're a mirror of one another. We're the one and the same. It's we're a paradox. We're not an oxymoron. We're not a metaphor. We're a simile. The difference between a metaphor and a simile is a simile is two like things on the same spectrum in comparison to make something more profound and more vivid. While a metaphor is two things of two different spectrums, you know, to kind of create a basic understanding. I don't want a basic understanding. I want the real, real deal. You know, I feel like you, audience, you also want the real deal. I mean, look, I mean, we're in isolation right now. We're in COVID times. COVID times. It's like cautionary times. I don't know. That's dumb. I digress even more. Um, <laughs> but you get it. You know, who would you rather be isolated with? You know, would you rather be isolated with a metaphor, something of the opposite spectrum that creates just a basic reaction? Or do you want to be with your simile? You know, someone that you'll never get tired of because you don't get tired of yourself. No, I, I don't get tired of my, hearing myself talk. And that's kind of me. You know, I know me. I know myself. I know what I like. I know what I dislike. You know, I know my sins. I know my commandments. And once I know those two things, then I'll be able to kind of go throughout life happily. And when I find that one partner, that one person... You know, I should be able to sin in their commandments and they should be able to sin in my commandments because my commandments will protect their, themselves from, from them, you know, will protect them from themselves, protect them from their sins. And that's why when I sin, I know I'll be protected because all we want is to be protected. We want to be smothered by the right people, you know, so it's not suffocating what is filling. You know, that's kind of going back to the grandma analogy. You know, I want someone that fills me up. You know, that 
if I'm like a glass that's half empty and I know I'm half full, then when they pour their cup into my cup, we're completely filled. You know, Bruce Lee talks about be like water. You know, but if we're a container, you know, we're only 70% water. So that means there's 30% left for someone else's water. You know, and that means at the end, if they pour their 30%, they still have 40% left, you know? And then if I pour 60% of what that 100% they give me, you know, I know I still am 40%, you know, and they're 100. And that's how should it be. And we keep pouring our energy into our minds little by little when everyone needs it, you know? And there's going to be some days that, you know, you're only able to give 10%. You know, that means that other partner has to give 90. And that's just how it is sometimes. You know, is that compromise. True love is a compromise. Man, that's, that's profound right there. True love is compromise. It sounds so simple. But, I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast. Simple is complex. So I leave you guys with that thought process. That true love is compromise because audience you are in the kingdom of paradise so go in peace and find your own hummingbirds